welcome to another episode of the Fins Up Podcast. I am your host, Terry, and I'm joined by my handsome, beautiful, sophisticated and smart colleague, so Dan. Dan, how you doing, buddy? So good, thanks, Terry. I feel better after that intro. All true, by the way, all true. Mate, how, how are you doing on this, um, this never-ending off-season? last night recording on Rugby League Outlaws at this off-season, like, there's just so much going on that it feels like we're constantly in Rugby League, but then you get to the weekend and there's no Rugby League. Spot on. I hear there's, like, 100 days to Rugby League. That's 100 too many for mine. Yeah, that's, like, 106 too many. Mm-hmm. But you and I have both decided that we were going to take interest in other sports. You've got me into the NFL a bit more than normal. I've got you into the NBA a bit more than normal. Um, both our EPL teams are doing quite well, so... Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a tiny uh, cricket tournament coming up as well. There certainly is. Uh, I think they call it the Ashes. You know, Australia-England, yeah. the old rivalry, the biggest rivalry in all of sport. Forget all the other rubbish. 5 nil Aussies, mate. I'm calling it now. I think you and I should get out to a game, get out to a day in Sydney. Oh, I definitely think that's on the cards, absolutely. So here today, McGowan won't lift his uh, 14 days. In Perth, so pretty much confirms that the fifth test will be played in Hobart. Looks going to be 4 0 Australia by then, anyway, so you can play it in my backyard for all I care. Oh, you can play it in Josh Bowling's backyard. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. Get some movement, but there's there's not enough room for a run up, though. Yeah, it's a pretty ordinary cricket pitch, isn't it? Definitely disgusting and certainly not something I would literally kill for. Especially on the leg side. Mate, I hate it. What a terrible decision. Fuck that Josh yeah. guy. <laughs> but Dan, look, rugby league always delivers. And in the last couple of weeks, I feel that, you know, we haven't been in the headlines. Now, that's a good thing, but there's also been some player movement going around. And yes, we finally confirmed Lockie Miller. And out of nowhere, we got Jaden Bowell. But an even bigger piece to the Cronulla Sharks puzzle has apparently all but been locked in today with young Blake Braley signing a four-year deal to show how all-in not only the club but Fitzgibbon are on him. Now, I have my thoughts on it, and you and I are both very far apart in our appreciation of Blake Braley, so I'm going to hand the microphone to you, Dan, and let you talk, and I'm going to sit back. Yeah, that's cool. So we're going to hear the correct opinion first, and then you're going to try and ruin it. Great news. Now, those listening now that are also going to watch Rugby League Outlaws when it's out, either probably tomorrow by the time you hear this on Thursday, uh, Terry and I thought we were breaking some news about the Braley. Um, We're going to be very arrogant on camera, I believe. Um, It's been pushed back a couple of days. We'd actually planned on sending it out late last night or early this morning to beat what we knew was coming. Uh, so just just run with it. It's all sweet. Look, I think it's fantastic news for a couple of reasons. One, I think Blake Braley has a ceiling that is higher than anybody else in the competition other than, say, your Cooks and your potentially Coruscant. Yeah, and Harry Grant, of course. I would swap him in a second. Second of all, or three reasons, actually. Fitzgibbon, Sir Fitz, how the great man, has come in and thrown it just completely behind Braley, giving him a monster money deal. Now, we don't know exactly what it is yet. We don't know whether there's options or bonuses in that, but as we're hearing, it's four years, two point whatever. So, two you know, point two point five. That's the big issues I have with the contract. So, uh, Terry, Terry, this is my time. Keep keep quiet. I'll, you'll get your time to be wrong. 
<laughs> Scoop Bayless is in the house. So, look, so Fitz loves it. I love it. But most importantly of all, perhaps, is the fact that there's, we were off camera before and we could name about five number nines that we, like, the class number nines, origin level number nines. Off After that, there's a humongous drop-off. I don't know who's going to play nine for the Titans this year. You've got two bog-average players lining up for the, uh, the Tigers. You've got Canberra, who have a number nine they're trying to get rid of but can't. No one will take him. So I think we've signed a big piece of the puzzle before Parramatta could get their grubby hands on our boy. And I expect humongous things from Bailey this year. Now that he has a forward pack that won't make him make 50 tackles, a halves that'll back him, and a coach that believes in him. And I, I think it's fantastic. Plus, of course, he's got competition this year, which we'll discuss more in Outlaws. And I think that'll be a driving factor because I think he might have got just a little complacent. Is that it? That's it, Terry. All yours. Yeah, look, obviously, you know, go, going through the club, when we transitioned from Michael Ennis to Jaden Braley, obviously Jaden Braley was a Toyota Cup player of the year, a fantastic junior player, but the talk around the club was always, well, Blake's better. Yeah, the talk was always Blake's better. And I think early on in Jaden's career, you saw just how limited he was as a player, right? He was a... Always pass the ball to Townsend, tackle as many people as you want, no kicking game, barely any running game, but was strong as an ox and could find but you know, could find the try line, right? And that's cool. But, you know, not much creativity out of dummy half. And I think we had a big drop off in our form after our premiership window because in the two years that Michael Ennis was there, he got nearly forty tries. Hmm. Yeah? And we haven't had anything like that since Ennis left. Now Ennis is a he's a freakish player. One of the best number nines got the you know of our generation. Okay, and it's easy to say that. But the thing for mine with Blake Braley is too many people now are still saying, "Well, he's got potential. He's got potential. He's got potential." We've been hearing that. We've been hearing that. We haven't seen it yet. I understand he hasn't played behind a very very good forward pack. Okay, he's he's played behind an okay forward pack. But you and I both say we're still a prop forward missing. Dale Finucane hasn't completed a whole season in the NRL as a number 8 or a number 10. Toby Rudolph started the year at 13, and Cam McInnes hasn't played a whole season at lock. Now, we're, we're thinking that Finucane and, and McInnes are going to do a lot for us on the defensive end, but I still feel that that advantage line and territory line, we still need a big buffer. And I'm not going to deny that. I, I feel that that's where Braley may still be limited this year. Um, I feel that if the reported price that... David Riccio has put in the paper of $2.5 million means that Blake Braley has got $625,000. That's way too much. I was I was convincing myself if we got him three years at one point two, we had a good deal. But we've doubled that. That is a lot of money for a guy who's got a lot of potential and he's starting to show things. You, know, you see his kicking game and then he puts it away. You see his running game and then he puts it away. You see his creative passing game and then he puts it away. But we need to see it all because Damien Cook never puts it away. Mm -hmm. Cam Smith never put it away. And Alfie Coruscant never put it away. Oh, he put it away during Origin, Cam. He he put a lot of women away. Um, But, you know, even now, someone like Reid Mahoney burst onto the scene and you're like, oh, he's going to slow down. Hasn't slowed down. Blake Braley burst onto the scene. Where is it? I don't, I don't see it yet. And I'm glad, you know what, I'm glad Fitz has backed him. I'm glad Fitz has turned around and gone, you know what, he's the number nine. Because he's now 
saying to us, I'm going to make that guy worth 625k, but right now he's not. All good. Yeah. I don't. I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. I. I think. I think Bailey's been heavily hindered by circumstance, and I think. I. I don't think Damien Cook would have had a good season in the team we've had the last two years. The way it was, just get the ball to Chad and tackle. I think the game plan completely changes this year. I think the rules are tailor made for Blake Braley. I was really disappointed he didn't kick on and tear people apart last year. There were those games where he'd start running and you're like, here we go. And like you said, he put it away. You can't afford to do that on the money he's on. We've shown the support and we've shown he's a man. He's a man going for it. I really like what you said there about his running game and then he just put it away. There's, I, I feel that there's reasons, and we were, last year, one of the worst teams for support play. And any time Blake Braley ran out of dummy half, you're like, well, who's following him through the ruck? Or who's... who's you know what? It's Nico Vines is a fantastic support player, right? Will Kennedy showed last year. Towards the end of the year, he became that support player. But Will Kennedy is, a, is very much does all his damage on the edge, right? He needs to learn to be... That fullback, like, you know, if he's going to take his game to the next level and become that upper echelon of fullback, which he is already now after the season he had, but he won't just wait for the fourth tackle out on the edge to go and do his damage. He'll pop up in the middle when Blake Braley has a run on tackle two. Nico Hines, fantastic um, support player. But here's a stat for you, Dan. From 2020, do you know who the forward was with the most support plays in the competition. Toby Rudolph. No. No. Cam McInnes. Cam McInnes, there we go. I Toby's got the most decoy runs. Yeah, Toby's yeah. got the most decoy runs. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Cam McInnes was the master of, when he played number nine, passing the ball to his prop and following him. And then when he played lock, he was the master of the support play there as well. well there so we you've go. got that. You need Will Kennedy. You've got Nico Hines. But we've also got now... Hopefully our halves are Trindle and Hines, and you don't really have a problem with Braley shoveling the ball or either of those two. I had a massive problem with him passing the ball to Chad Flyer a fucking five times in the set and not giving the ball to Sean Johnson. Now, if you turn around and go, well, Braley's gone to Trindle, you're like, well, cool, something can happen with him. Or if he goes to Nico Hines, you know it's going to be sexy. That's true. And without without any spoilers, I think there's a winger turned centre who's going to be a superstar support player. I think he's going to be absolutely everywhere this year, so keep an eye out. Yeah, uh, yeah look, again, you and I have been uh, a little privy to some information, and just on that, the information that we've got is that Mac- Matty Cavallo is absolutely killing people. Certainly is. We've heard that from a couple of sources too, so I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm very, very excited. <laughs> Now, what we're also hearing as well is the atmosphere is the best of the club that's ever been. There's no denying that. Everyone's saying Fitz has come in, Steve Price has come in, Josh Hannay stuck around, we've got DJ there, um, Doug Howlett's gone back to coaching Jersey Flag, so we look good. We look good. We're hearing everything's on your door, and there's a spoiler coming from you, Dan. Look, there, we certainly are hearing that things are good, but, but we're not there, Terry. We can only go on what we're told. What we're going to do on Rugby League Outlaws is we've interviewed someone who's there every single day at training, who's there with the camera, who's putting videos together, who is 
literally perhaps the most handsome man in the world, just as an aside, other than yourself, of course, Terry. Other than ugly Terry. Ugly Gaz. And he's given us some information. Two exclusives, in fact, that'll go out very early Thursday or Thursday afternoon. Keep an eye out. I'll put it out. I'm sure you'll retweet it. It's going to be good. It's going to answer some questions that we're getting a lot, uh, including one, uh, an earlier DM from my good mate, PJ, who we've had a lot of fun with this week. Thanks for the listen, PJ. Um, Yeah, but no, look, we're going to get a description, an accurate first count description of how everything's going, who's doing what, who will play where, etc., etc. Oh, I'm excited, mate. I'm really excited as well. Now, you and I both had a bit of a laugh because we got some info sent to us by someone very close to the, to, to the, uh, the team, and they said that Steve Price has just become the most brutal man on the planet. And, uh, you know, Price is calling all the forwards fat. You know, Jack Williams is walking around with his shirt off and he, he, he told Jack, hey, mate, you don't play Origin, you've got no right to strut. Um, you know, he's all, all the forwards that are injured that are having a breather. He's like, if you want to play this year, you'll get back on the bike. <laughs> uh, apparently, Fitzgibbon entered the wrestling session and uh, made two forwards tap out. Body no wanted to play anymore. Mm-hmm. BCs. So I'm he is rough as guts. We're also hearing that um, Steve Price came in and the boys are like, Pricey. He said, it's it's Steve or coach. Yeah. Now, the yeah. level of respect. Now, look, I, I, I ragged on Josh Hannay last year, probably a little undeservedly. Um, uh, he, deserved, he made some shit decisions. Look, he certainly did, but ultimately he dropped Chad, so I, I do owe him forever. And he released him early, so <laughs> he, he, did will, he will always be an immortal. There's two, so he's, you know, a guy me gorilla immortal, Josh Hannay. Um, he was mates with the players. We, we know this for a fact. He's come out and said as much. Fitzgibbon and Steve Price are showing the respect to the players, but you get the feeling that not one of them is going to go in and say, Oi, Fitzy, can I turn up late? I want to go for a piss-up on a Friday. Whereas I get the feeling that perhaps they would have got away with that last year. This year, however... They'll be bodied by the great man Fitz himself. Yeah, but don't forget, like, Hannay had that bit of a mean streak um, to the players. Because remember Toby got stitched up and he turned up in the the black uh, polo shirt when everyone else wore the blue, and then he made them start training at 5am. So Hannay did have that seen-up factor about himself. I just don't think he had it all the time. No, he didn't. You can tell Craig Fitzgibbon wakes up angry. You can, but the thing is, he commands respect. Like yeah. he's the sort of guy that'll that'll see a kid crying in the in the stand and go over and take his shirt off and give it to him. But if he sees a player, yeah, if he see, <laughs> if he sees a player run and, and you knew in the beep test, a couple centimeters short, I think you'll take him down and make an example out of him in front of everyone. Now, we're hearing some pretty big-name players getting dragged too, so I don't think he's got time for uh, reputations or contract values. He's going to make him earn it, and I'm here for it because our forwards were pretty ordinary last season. Yeah, and, and I also get the feeling as well that, you know, Steve Price would be the one to uh, kiss his wife goodnight and then go and eat a brick. That's how hard he's yeah. been at training to the guys yeah. this year, so... Look, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to get these messages through that they're, like, absolutely hating the preseason. I love that shit. They should be hating the preseason. There's nothing fun yeah. about that. Yeah, like, I, I want a couple of these. You know, I know we get the, the nice pictures of the guys all laughing and smiling. 
I want to see the ones that are hurt. I want to see the ones thrown up. Yeah, the ones out the back want, hurling up. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Fitzgibbon with, like, Royce Hunt in a Steiner recliner. <laughs> yeah, know? put him in the old oh. full Nelson. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know. Um, so, obviously, we know the atmosphere is great. And we're talking about, like, the Fitzgibbon era is in full effect, right? We've just got sponsors lining up to be a part of us. We've got another sponsor today to go on our shorts. We're going to have more sponsors than actual shorts. You know? Like, our shorts are supposed to be black, but there's just going to be fucking patches everywhere. Sponsors Brilliant. logos. Mate, who's um who's who's joined the team now? So, Pilot has uh, joined the team. So, they're in men's health. Um, they're, they're all over the TV about helping you get your hair back or uh, losing some weight or, uh, you know, for me, getting stiffy whenever I see Nico Hines. Um, so, they're... Yeah, that's what they do. They've, they've jumped on board for a couple of years. Couldn't be happier. Look, there's two ways I want to approach this. The very serious way, which is it's fantastic for Pilot and the club. It's always good. Men's health is probably something that probably doesn't get the help, uh, the the attention that it should. So I'm very, very happy there. Uh, the second, of course, is to make a terrible joke. I'm looking forward to seeing Fitzgibbon with a long flowing mane. Yeah, oh. yeah, I, th- I think I think they jumped. I think he jumped on board a couple of years too late. For, for <laughs> yeah, it looks so very, very exciting stuff. Good, uh, good stuff. They're they're just kicking goals, mate, on and off the field. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. Me too. So we're talking about the Fitzgibbon era, Dan, and uh, what better way to do about it than make five bold predictions of the Fitzgibbon era? Would you say fearless predictions, Terry? Fearless predictions. Yeah. There's a soundbite for you. Uh, so, start it off, Dan. What's your number five prediction? Well, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but I know my number five is that Matt Ikevalu will be a smashing success. Now, I say this because of a few reasons. One, Fitzgibbon went to the Roosters and said, I want this guy and I want him released now. It's not like he was off contract. You know, Ikevalu, it's not like he was 13th or 14th in the pecking order. You know, he's probably probably in the he probably nab a wing spot early on with Sully moving into the, the centers. So Ikavalu and Fitzgibbon obviously both buy into each other, so I'm really excited about that. And of course we are hearing from multiple sources that Ikavalu's, you know, the, the dreaded training the house down. But it's not just that, he's bodying blokes twice his size and He's leading by example, first there, last to leave sort of thing. Now, this is a guy who's had some some good success, has a try-scoring record to his name, is coming from the Roosters and, you know, as Fitzgibbon's hand-chosen bloke, he could have rocked in and been like, I'm going to play on the wing, fuck you guys, I don't need to try. Everything we're hearing is that he's leading the way in almost everything. He's a big bloke, he knows how to find the line, his metres per game are ridiculous. I don't think he's anywhere near his potential. I don't think he's going to score 20 tries for us this year. I like that. That is a fearless prediction. Look, I, I think when, when Matakivalu signed, you know, when when it hit the DMs, like, I was pretty against it. I was talking to Paul. I was talking to Richie about it. Um, yeah, I was I was pretty against it. Gaz actually sort of mentioned it to me as well, and I was like, look, if we sign Matakivalu, I'm going to be a fucking manly fan. He's called my bluff. We've announced him. I'm still a shark, right? <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, I, I've kind of done like a 180 flip now. I haven't completely come around to it, but, you know, you remember a lot of what Matty Cavalli does. Now, at the beginning of the year, when he's playing for North Sydney, he broke that guy's arm, and I thought it was hilarious. 
then he goes and scores 100 tries, just falling over the line, and you're like, man, this guy can you know score tries, and he, you know, super aggressive making meters. He's got hands like feet though, so that's that. I think that's the part where I was like, you know, if he had just broken the arm, scored the tries, and made the meters, I'd love it. But you know, it's the drop ball as well. But you know, he's gonna be he's gonna be commanding that wing spot and he knows that he's like one drop ball away from having to go and break two arms or he's out so yeah I do like that from Matty Cavallo my number five uh, I haven't gone so fearless on this one but uh, 2022 we'll be back in the finals we had a blip on the radar this year but uh, Sir Fitz is going to and I mean even if we're eight and I, and I get the feeling that even if we finished eight Fitz would see that as a failure most of us would be like fuck yeah finals get to go on a road trip, hopefully somewhere cool. But I think if we got to eight, Fitzgibbon would be like, that's not good enough for the talent that he has. So we'll be back in the finals. I'm going to say anywhere between six to eight. Perfect. I would, um, a home a home game in the finals, if we're not in the top four, would be a definite win for mine. So I, I very much like that and agree. Uh, secondly, sticking with players, Sifatalakai will finally realise his potential. Now, I, this guy's got every single gift physically you could ask for. He's monstrous. He's fast for his size. He's fucking most powerful bloke in the world. He can hit you and you stay hit. His attitude isn't real good. I don't think he's going to get away with any of that crap under Fitzgibbon. Now, we're hearing that he, you know, was potentially the one who was the standout. Uh, that, that evidently is going to be fine by round one which I think is good because I'm predicting that he'll be there for round one and I think that he will be the hitman that we believe he can be, but I don't think it'll be, I'm going to run out and make a hit. It'll be, I'm going to do my role and I think that he's going to be a real weapon under Sir Fitz. Speaking of weapons under Sir Fitz, now we always turn around and say that you need big-name players to win big games and uh, win competitions. I have no doubt that after seeing Fitz pull off the songs of Nico Hines and Dale Finucane, we will now have an issue in the player market again. We struggled a little bit with with players uh, in the Johnny Morris era, and I think we could have struggled if we didn't make the decision to go and get Craig Fitzgibbon. But if Fitz want you, we'll get you. My number three was superstar signings. Very, very, very much like you said, they're going to see what we've done. We're going to, he's going to, they're going to see what Fitz has brought. Sir Fitz has brought to the club. They're going to be lining up. I expect probably not, probably not early on because I don't see Fitz as the sort of bloke who's like, I want you. Ah, you want 1.2? I'll give you 1.4. We'll do it now. I think that come round six or seven next year, he's going to see the side he's got. He's going to see what he needs and he's going to start then. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, and the other thing as well, we have to be really careful. If you're a player and Fitzgibbon enters that discussion with you and he's in the room with you and you feel like you're going to say no and he turns around and goes, well, let's wrestle. Loser has to sign the contract. You know, like if I lose, I'll throw the contract in the bin, but if you lose, you've got to sign it. Fucking losing that fight. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of signings. Good negotiation tactic. Uh, number three for mine. Inside his first three years, Craig Fitzgibbon will do what Shane Flanagan didn't do and win the coach of the year. Coach year? That's a fair that's a fair shout. I like that. I think that he's just we're we're gonna make leaps and bounds in the uh, in the the you know, up the ladder and we'll we'll be back to being a top fourteen. And uh, it's just it's all gonna be about like 
you know, Nico Hines is going to win the Daly M, but he's going to get that much better because of Sir Fitz. Like he'll, he'll grab himself a coach which Shane Flanagan was robbed in 2016. I agree, I agree with that 100%. Uh, my number, th- well, number two, it was going to be number three, is Blake Braley silences all of the six foot four to five uh, English supporting Queensland jumping on uh, haters by becoming a top five number nine by the end of this contract. I, I actually wrote heats more here that were like negative. What I'm saying is that he, Terry's going to eat his words. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to immortalize it. I'm going to print it and I'm going to send it to Braley when he gets his Hooker of the Year award for the third year in a row. I'm here for it. Just don't keep it in your lounge room because you're fucking messy. Mate, I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm, it's said. Now, number two, I'm going to bring Shane Flanagan up again. Shane Flanagan broke John Lang's record of being our longest-serving coach. Craig Fitzgibbon is going to smash that. He's yeah. going to have a Craig Bellamy-like era. Wow. How long was Flanagan there? It feels like forever. Flanagan was there like uh, eight seasons. That's a, it's about it's a long shelf life, a really long shelf yeah. life. I agree. Yeah, I reckon Fitzgibbon. <laughs> you know, Fitzgibbon's in his forties. Fitzgibbon could probably go until he's about sixty, and hopefully, it's only at our club. I love it. Now, I have a feeling our number one's gonna be very similar here, Terry. Mm-hmm. Premiership. No, I didn't put that. You didn't put Premiership under Sir Fitz. I don't, I don't think we'll win one. I'm gonna come over there and kick the shit out of you. Of course, I've got. We're gonna win a Premiership. Thank you very much. Here's my bold prediction for this premiership. Wade Graham will lift that trophy. Ooh, I like that. It's probably in the next two to three seasons. Wade Graham will lift that trophy by himself. I, I love it. Will he will he be able to? It's pretty heavy. He doesn't really have shoulder injuries though, does he? You just don't drop it on your fucking head, Wade. That's true. That is true. Yeah, I, I like that. Um yeah. who do you see as the one in the Sharks team to break the trophy? Uh, carry it round like a complete idiot and put it on social media. Toby Rudolph. It's got to be. It's got to be our boy. It's got to be Toby. Yeah. I mean, you, you can you ask 100 people that question and 105 will say it's Toby. That's true. The only one I can I can uh, offer up as a, an alternative, uh, if he's still around, would be Matthew Moylan because I think that guy's got a bender in him, put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it would surprise me if the hour would said that they were going to find two players 60 grand between them and it was Toby and Moylan. Yeah. I mean, Moylan probably wouldn't even be playing with this. He would just turn up for the fucking pizza. He would just turn up. Now, mate, sticking sticking with this, I want to make a statement that was not discussed pre previous. Um, we know the NRL isn't perfect. It's very good, but it's not perfect. Um, you know, referee controversies, the rules, the land is, the off, off-field stuff sucks. I would argue that the biggest thing facing rugby league right now is those you-know-the-rules pricks because everything negative that comes out of that in rugby league comes from that podcast or that group of idiots. I just wanted to get that on on something so when it all blows up, I can say, ha, I fucking told you. Yeah, look, uh, straight away when you were going, you know the rules, a uh, good friend of this podcast, but also a good friend of you know the rules, Paul Warren, was like, Dan's wrong, these guys are making loads of money, um, you know, they're, they're pretty successful in what they do. Yeah, but they're just fuckwits. It, mate, we're successful, but we're fuckwits. It yeah. comes with the territory, Paul, and I love you, mate. You crack me up, you're one of the funniest folks alive, but you're wrong. 
There's, there's, there's a difference between being us funny and being them. Oh, yeah, they're, they're funny. Oh, fucking, oh, fuck. <laughs> Let's get pissed, Terry. But if you, like, you know what? The thing is, if you get invited on their podcast as a footballer, you've really, like, you've really got to question it, don't you? you really, like, <laughs> Brandon Smith right now, I don't know what he was thinking, thinking that he'd go on there and drop 60, whatever it was. Like, I don't want to side with Bulldog Richie, right? I don't. But... Bulldog Richie was right in what he said that kids listen to podcasts these days because every kid's got a mobile phone. I was stuck at the traffic lights this morning and there were kids walking across the road with those expensive earpods, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even have a pen. Which means it's connected to a phone. Yeah, probably listening to you us. Know, they, yeah. they listen to podcasts, right? And then, you know, they go and call their mum a Cena. Where'd you get that from? All well, this podcast. They go and listen to it. There's Brandon Smith. <laughs> you know, you've got to... You've got to be careful, like, and even us, we, we drop the occasional profanity. But when we've had the likes of Toby Rudolph and Will Kennedy and Gaz, and even my podcast with Lynn, there's a level of, you know, you and I talking to each other, we can say what we want. But when we bring other people on there who are, like, completely higher class than us, it's professionalism. Which is pretty much everyone we've had on the show. Apart from Paul Warren. Apart from Paul Warren. Now, I, I just want to add to that by saying that I absolutely agree. Uh, I, I, the swearing doesn't bother me, but I can see why it would bother other people. So I'm, I'm completely on board with, again, I don't like Bulldog. He's a, he's a, he's not a fan of our show. We're not a fan of his, but I, I think he's not too far wrong. No, but, um, look, I, I don't know what he was thinking going on there in answering those questions. And I don't know what they were doing, putting those questions to him. Because, I mean, we, we've had Toby Rudolph on. And we wouldn't say, hey, Toby, tell us about, like, a time you're, you know, in the store with a girl. Like, you, ju- you just don't ask those sorts of questions. So I-, I put a lot of the blame on them. But a lot of players have come on podcasts, like we've seen Fafita and Dugan and stuff go on podcasts. It-, it, is, it is a friendly environment. And you can be caught into saying stupid shit. Um, we've-, we've had some NRL players. We've had some former NRL coach. We've had a former world champion. We've had, you know, the who's who of Twitter. Not one, not one scandal, Terry. Oh, look, and uh, just, just the other thing as well. The questions they were asking Brandon Smith, right, the very first person of note that we had on our podcast, apart from each other, was obviously Toby Rudolph. And at that time, when... Toby jumped on our podcast. He was doing the preseason, but it even came out then that the Warriors were after him, and we didn't ask him questions about that. All we asked him questions were about were how was he going to make it in the NRL? What was he doing different this year? Blah 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 blah. blah. Like, yes, you know, when a, when an NRL player, you should like you can see our views when Toby's been on our podcast. They're through the roof mm-hmm. because other fans want to hear what footballers have to say because it's there. You know, I guarantee you of that 54,000 views that we got from that Toby podcast, that only 53,000 were Sharks fans. So the other 1,000 were from you know, other people. Yeah, so, yeah, there's a level of professionalism from it, and it's not fucking us. No, <laughs> exactly right. We're the trouble, Terry. Look, it's, you know, it's going to happen. There'll be a day where we have a guest on and something stupid said, but you can bet London to a regularly from me, the Terry or myself. Before we actually do get kicked off this platform, hail my boy. Hail my boy.